You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rhonda. And today's episode, we are doing an installment of our series, Old World Hidden in Old World Tech Hidden in Plain Sight. And this particular one is going to be a little bit tricky. Only because what we currently were taught and what we currently believe is so far from what I really think it is. So this installment of Old World Tech Hidden in Plain Sight is about the sun. And this is entitled The Artificial Sun. So those that follow technology uh, just a little, little bit, Uh, You should have heard recently over the last three years about different nations creating an artificial sun. Yes, the S-U-N. And it just so happens I'm putting out this podcast on the winter solstice, which is the point of when what the shortest day of the year or some odd odd jazz like that, Um, meaning when winter officially starts, yada, yada, yada. Didn't plan that on purpose. Just so happened, um, I don't know. I just looked down at the date and saw, oh, wait a minute, this is winter solstice. So let's go back to one of my favorite new websites, And I was waiting for Jim Dufree, and the website is teslaresearch.jimdufree.com to put out some more information on radiant energy and uh, the sun, okay? So let's uh, give this a little jingle. Let's use some technology here. Uh, Where are we at? I don't know why I go through this every time. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. So again, I absolutely love this website. Um, Thank you for the man that's putting out this information. TeslaResearch.JimDoFree.com. I will leave a link in the description to the website. We have literally started out this series, Oh, World Tech Hidden in Plain Sight using uh, information on his website. I think he did an absolute wonderful job. I hope that he continues it. I was waiting on you, Mr. Jim, to put out the uh, Tesla's Radiant Energy. Pretty much figure what it was going to be about, so thank you for that. All right, so let's get it cracking, family. All right, so this is Tesla's Radiant Energy, and this, the patent, yep, you read that right. The patent refers to the sun, as well as other sources of radiant energy, 
like cosmic rays. That the device works at night is explained in terms of the nighttime availability of cosmic rays. Teslas also refers to the ground as a vast reservoir of electri- electricity of negative charge. Okay, so we've shown that several times in this particular series when we talked about the um, atmospheric energy and how we showed um, via various people doing YouTube experiment, experiments on YouTube where they were literally able to harness electricity out of the air. We also showed you how the Tesla Towers work as well. Okay. Now, my theory is that artificial suns have been around for quite some time. I'll get into that later. I'll hold it. I'll get into that later because I think I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'll get into that later. All right. So Tesla was fascinated by radiant energy and its free energy possibility. He called the cook, the crooks, radio, radiometer, a device which has vans that spin in a vacuum when exposed to radiant energy, a beautiful invention. He believed that it will become possible to harness energy directly by connecting to the very real work of nature. Okay, so those of you that have been rocking with me over this past, uh, maybe, okay, I'll just give it a year. I think it's been a little bit going on two years, but I'll give it a year. You know, when we talk about the atmosphere energy and when we talk about the spinning of things, I want y'all to think where I am going with this. And I already know my son, Scotty, (laughs) because he always win that Jeopardy question or that answer. You already know where I'm going with this, all right? But let's continue. On his 76th birthday at this year's Ritual Press Conference, Tesla announced a cosmic ray motor. When asked if it was more powerful than the Crooks radiometer, he answered thousands of times more powerful. In 1901, Nikola Tesla was one of the first to identify radiant energy. Tesla says that the source of this energy is our sun. He concluded that the sun emits small particles, each carrying so small of a charge that they move with great velocity, exceeding that of light. Tesla further states that these particles are the neutron particles. Tesla believed that these neutron particles were responsible for all radioactive reactions. Radiant matter is in tune with these nat- new, I'm sorry, neutron particles. Radiant matter is simple is simply a retransmitter of energy from one state 
to another. Okay. <clears throat> I think this is just my two cents, my humble opinion, that pretty much everything is really just energy being shaped into matter and just going from one state to another. Okay. But we'll move on. Stick an antenna up in the air, the higher the better, and wire it to one side of the capacitor, the other going to a good earth ground, and the potential difference will then charge the capacitator. Okay, and we showed that in one of the other um, videos we did in this series via YouTube experiments where folks uh, stuck something in the ground like a copper pipe with some wiring and then had uh, that wiring ran to the top of the copper pipe in the air and they were able to pretty much pick up a charge, okay? And one gentleman did it and he was kind of lifting um, the conductor of energy up and down in the air and he was clocking the frequency spin and the higher he lifted it, the faster the frequency spin was, all right? So it proves that uh, free energy... Is pretty much abundance in the atmosphere. All right. Connect across the capacitor some sort of switching device so that it can be discharged at rhythmic intervals and you have an oscillating electric output. All right. So those of you that are basic electricians, child, that's, I'm, I'm not that at all. Like the re I like to read the stuff, interpret it, but my nerves and my patience is too bad. I don't like to build it. <laughs> so shout out to all of you electricians slash engineers. <clears throat> Much respect. Okay. So uh, here is Tesla's original patent. Uh, what is the patent number? It is, and this patent is dated 1901. Uh, get, does he have two? Yeah, one is dated 1901, and that is the number 685957. Want to give that to you electricians or you folks that like to experiment or to the babies that like to experiment, okay? So that's the uh, one of the patents, and that's the apparatus for the utilization of radiant energy, all right? The second patent um, came out in 1905, and that's number 787412, and that's the art of transmitting electrical energy through the natural medium, okay? 
Now, figure one, because they show two figures, and I'm trying to just talk this out for the podcast community as well. All right. So figure one, those that rock with me on this scientific side versus what they're calling spookism. I want y'all to look at figure one. It is a coil. So those of you all that rock with me, y'all should pretty much know where this is going. (laughs) All right, so let's continue. Okay, Um, so Tesla has another patent, or is this to say, no, this is a different patent. Because it looks like he's patenting uh, family, not each individual component. Uh, So this one is 685958. This one also came out in 1901. And it's the method of utilizing radiant energy. Um, So it's showing the flow of the radiant energy. Uh, the positive charge. This is pretty cool. This is really, really cool in detail. I wish I had the patience for all that, but shall I mess around and electrocute myself, honey? Locks fried up and everything. I just don't have the patience for it, y'all. I tried the coding. I just don't have the patience for it. Okay. All right. So Tesla's X-ray tube Part of his method for utilizing radiant energy, which operated from the top of a Tesla coil, providing a means to charge the elevated, insulated body of capacitance C with the armatrice TT. Okay, so let me, you know, I ain't going to try to go too deep in this. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, to show the YouTube family what is he saying because if not I'm just going to keep it moving where's the Armatus TT okay so that's the Armatus TT I don't see the capacitors the capacitance I don't know what he's talking about okay well that blows it for me okay I know that's the tube okay that's the TT all right, he lost me. I don't know what the, the capacitance C. Don't see sig- figure C on this. Oh, I think it is. It's the condenser. Okay. All right, got it, seen it, move on. Whenever the circuit is closed, okay, so C must mean circuit. Whenever the circuit is closed, Owing to the rotation of the terminal T, the stored energy is discharged. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. <clears throat> it is well known that, and I guess this is a quote from Tesla. It is well known that certain radiations, such as those of ultraviolet light, Cathodic rotingen rays or like or the like possess the property of charging and discharging conductors of electricity. 
the discharge being particularly noticeable when the conductor upon which the rays impinge is negatively electrified. So I'm going to try to break this down the best I can. So the ultra electroviolet light, he's pretty much saying that you can harness that um, and kind of put a conductor on it and kind of control the electric charge, basically. Okay. My own experiments and observations, however, led me to the conclusion more in accord with the theory heretofore advanced by, by me that source of such radiant energy throw off with great velocity many particles of matter which are strongly electrified and therefore capable of charging an electrical conductor or even if not so, may at any rate discharge an electrified conductor either by carrying off bodily its charge or otherwise. So just what I said, that's what he's saying here. But I guess above he was talking about what naturally happens. Right? So basically harnessing the energy. Okay? All right. So just real quick, hopefully this won't be too esoteric slash techie-ish. When I talk about the power of creating things out of thin air with your mind or consciousness, i.e. what they're calling manifestation, right here they're telling you minute particles of matter which are strongly electrified. So in other words, the tiny, tiny particles of energy in the air, if you are using your energy via your thoughts and you put your energy, your thoughts, i.e. your consciousness in the air and it hits those particles, you can shape matter naturally okay that's how you literally create your own reality and when we talked about that in the alphabet boys document of consciousness and they literally did the study and they showed the participants under infrared light or ultraviolet light right of the process of manifestation slash creating something out of thin air with your thoughts and consciousness, they literally gave the participants something to focus on. I think they had them uh, focus on creating a fountain. And they, as they were having them focus on creating this fountain, they had on the infrared light and they literally saw a hologram in the atmosphere of a fountain that was created. So then they did this experiment again where they had the participants create 
this fountain or think about with their consciousness a fountain and they interrupted them. And they, of course, had the infrared light on or the ultraviolet light on hitting the atmosphere. And they saw where that hologram shattered. And when they zoomed in on the shattered fragment pieces, they saw little miniature versions of the fountain that the participant was creating. So I'm just once again bringing up to you that they understand and they know how powerful your consciousness is. And the biggest secret that is being held across this planet is that our consciousness is what runs the whole thing. This reality and this realm is built off of our consciousness. Right? Now, I know that's another video. But I just want us to start inner and understanding the connection of what the true science is and how it is connected to you. All right? So that's why Tesla understood that minute particles of matter, which are strongly electrified, you are living in an electric universe family. All right? All right. So when rays or radiation of the above kind are permitted to fall upon an insulated conducting body connected to one of the terminals of a condenser, while the other terminal of the same is made by independent means to receive or to carry away electricity, a current flows into the condenser so long as the insulated body is exposed to the rays. Now those of you that have been rocking with me for this past year, y'all should know where it's going. As I sip on my water. And under the conditions here in after specified an indefinite accumulation of electrical energy in the condenser takes place. This energy after a suitable time interval during which the rays are allowed to act may manifest itself in a powerful discharge which may be utilized for the operation or control of mechanical or electrical devices or rendered useful in many ways, okay? So he's just basically uh, explaining up here how they're harnessing energy. That's basically what he's doing, okay? All right, hopefully I didn't lose my place. All right. In applying my discovery, I provide a condenser, preferably of considerable, he, honey, he didn't just made up a word. He probably didn't. I just don't know. Preferably of considerably electrostatic capacity and connect one of its terminals to an insulated metal plate 
or other conducted body exposed to the rays or streams of radiant matter. Tesla makes a note about the construction of the condenser. Okay. The insulated plate or conducting body should present as large a surface as practical to the rays or streams of matter. I have ascertained that the amount of energy conveyed to it per unit of time is under otherwise identical conditions appropriate to the area exposed or nearly so. Furthermore, the surface should be clean and preferably highly polished or amalgamated. amalgamated. The second terminal or armature of the condenser may be connected to one of the poles of a battery or other source of electricity or to be conducted body, conducting body or object, whatever of such properties or so conditioned that by it means electricity of the required sign will be supplied to the terminal. Tesla notes using a grounded conductor for supplying electricity of negative charge. All right, so you um, electricians and engineers, I'm probably, I'm sure y'all understand it a heck of a lot better than me. I just get the gist of what he's saying. Um, So there we go. As the rays or supposed streams of matter generally convey a positive charge to the first condenser terminal, which is connected to the plate or the conductor above mentioned, I usually connect the second terminal of the condenser to the ground, this being the most convenient way of, attain, uh, of, of obtaining negative electricity, okay? So I do get that much, creating the positive and the negative to get the battery, right? Dispensing with the, necessar- the necessity of providing an artificial source. In addition to utilize, mm, I'm going to, all right, the, some of you will get this, but once we get into it, um, maybe most of you will get it. It just hit me when he said, which is connected to the plate or conductor above mentioned, I usually connect the second terminal of the condenser to the ground, this being the most convenient way of obtaining a negative electricity. So he's saying the first connection he do to get a positive charge, right? This next one he's describing is to get a negative charge because positive and negative gives you that battery, right? Dispensing with the the necessity of providing an artificial source, okay? So that positive and negative charge that he created is really an artificial source that he's deriving that from the organic energy, ether energy in the atmosphere. All right. In order to utilize for any useful purpose, the energy accumulated in the condenser I furthermore connect to the terminal of the same, a circuit including an instrument or apparatus, which is 
which it is desired to operate in another instrument or device for alternatively closing and opening the circuit. So family, with all that said, and I know you um, electricians and engineers, y'all know exactly what he's talking about, just but for us general um, family who's not all into it on that particular aspect, he's basically um, capturing energy, okay, from the atmosphere and the ground, and uh, he's you and he's capturing and trapping that energy per se or harnessing that energy to create an energy device that's basically what he's doing okay all right the rays or radiations which are to be utilized for the operation of the apparatus above is described in general terms may be delivered from a natural source as the sun or may be artificially produced by such means, for example, as an arc lamp, a rotten gen tube, and the like, and they may be employed for a great variety of useful purposes. Okay, so he pretty much summed up all what he was talking about above. All right. Uh, let's see how much we're going to read because I want to get into other stuff. Okay. Herman Paulson, a director of the Fisher Trops Autotron Research Laboratories in Hamburg, Germany, during the 1920s, worked largely on radiant energy and even made a few patents of his own. Mm-hmm, sure did. So that's patent number US 154 Conversion of atmospheric electric energy. Okay. Describe methods for capturing and converting this energy into usable currents. Now, it's just interesting how Tesla was doing it in the what, late 1900s, late, late 1800s, early 1900s. Here you have another gentleman up out of Germany. Now, remember, these are all European men. Now, you have another gentleman out uh, from Germany that did a patent back in 1925 about converting energy from the atmosphere. And here we are... In the 21st century, yet they want to convince us that they can only do, let's say, heating, for example, with coal, um, running cars and stuff from gas. They're just starting to implement the electric car, which they're going to run on lithium batteries, which they're pulling those lithium from the earth. That's another story. We already talked about that a couple of times. But yet, 
the only mention that I hear the mainstream media talk about and speak on about atmospheric energy is just using solar panels directly from the sun. But yet, those of us that just do a little bit of research and shout out to the community they're calling the mud flood community on YouTube have shown those old buildings that they're claiming were built in the late 18, mid 1800s to the 1900s, which we're like, nah, we'll take that pass, which we're, we busted them literally in their lies that more than likely, at a minimum, those buildings were built 1700s, probably earlier. And we see on those buildings, the top of them, antennas, which looked to us like they were hard, harvesting, harnessing energy from the atmosphere. And we feel those buildings were doing that because we just go back to Tesla's towers and just with deductive, logical reasoning say, oh, okay. So basically, those buildings back up in the day already had atmospheric electric energy. But yet, this is still something that they're not even talking about today. Now, I'm going to make a prediction within the next 10 to 20 years, they will start to talk about it. Okay? Those that are in the mud flood community, and again, shout out to them, also believe that this technology was hidden, the atmospheric technology was hidden, and I am in agreement with them. And as they do things, what is called a reset, those buildings are either destroyed or the ones that they choose to keep which are a lot, they dismantle the technology. And we know that because we can go back and look at pictures of the buildings that are standing today. And you go back and look at those old pictures from the past and you see where the antennas have been removed or certain copper and some even say mercury, have also been removed. Okay? And now here we are, some German dude, Paulson, you're telling us in the 20s that he put a patent forth for atmospheric electric energy? Really now? But yet nothing was done to move on it. Just like nothing was done to move on Tesla's towers, which was in essentially the same thing. So, Mr. Herman Paulson's advanced upon Mr. Tesla's 
basic design and it would be, I'm sorry, and it would at least appear that he conducted extensive research into the field of radiant energy. Mr. Paulson, however, termed it atmospheric electric energy and noted its similarity to static electricity, but whether he actually knew of Mr. Tesla's work or not is unclear. His system involved, his system mainly involved needle and radium coated electricity conducting balloons or aerostats, which were connected to complex converting systems consisting of coils, capacitators, spark gaps, ETC. He developed an electrostatic generator called Paulson's Converter. In 1920, Paulson published a research journal on the subject titled Production and Utilization of Atmospheric Electricity. A second expanded edition of his journal was published later that same year. Child, we're going to get into a little bit of what Blood was talking about. Now, those of you that have been rocking with me for the last year, put on your thinking hat. And shout out to uh, a dude from Russia, Sturgis from Vibes of Cosmos. Shout out to him. I think you got it right. I was pretty sure you had it right when I first ran across your work. Because it literally knocked me down. But I think you were absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Let's continue. The following list of quotes are related with the production of projection of X-ray and the utilization of radiant energy. All right. In recent experiments, I have discovered two novel facts of importance in this connection. One of these facts is that an electric current is generated in a wire extending from the ground to a great height by the axle and probably also by the translatory movement of the earth. No appreciable current, however, will flow continuously in the wire unless the electricity is allowed to leak out into the air. Its escape is greatly facilitated by providing at the elevated end of the wire a conducting terminal of great surface with many sharp edges or points. We are thus enabled to get a continuous supply of electrical energy by merely supporting a wire at a height. But unfortunately, the amount of electricity which can be so obtained is small. The second fact which I have ascertained is that the upper air strata are permanently charged with electricity opposite to that of the earth. Okay, so you get what he's saying there. If it's the opposite of that of the earth, isn't that a battery 
One is positive, one is negative. But I'll just continue. So at least I have interpreted my observations from which it appears that the earth with its adjacent insulating and outer conducting envelope constitutes a highly charged electrical condenser containing in all probability a great amount of electrical energy which might be turned to the uses of man if it were possible to reach within the wire to great altitudes. Okay. So he was just basically confirming the amount of um, energy in the atmosphere and how um, the energy in the atmosphere is a different charge. And he actually said opposite charge, that of which is in the ground, uh, which just makes me think of negative and positive, which creates a natural battery, right? Okay. Uh, so who is we saying? Tesla 75 predicts new power source. So this is Tesla predicting a new power source in 1931. When and where do you expect to make the official announcement of your new discoveries? The inventor was asked. These discoveries, he replied, did not come to me overnight. But as a result of the intense study and experimentation for nearly 63 years, I am naturally anxious to give the fact to the world as soon as possible. But I also wish to present them in a finished form. That may take a few months or a few years. The idea of atomic energy is illusionary, but it has taken so powerful a hold on the minds that although I have preached against it for 25 years, there are still some who believe it to be realizable. I have disintegrated atoms in my experiments with a high potential vacuum tube I brought out in 1896, which I consider one of my best inventions. I have operated it with pressures ranging from 400 million to 18. Woo, I'm sorry, not 400 million. I apologize, y'all. With pressures ranging from 4 million to 18 million volts. More recently, I have designed an apparatus for 50 million volts which should produce many results of great scientific importance. Now remember, y'all, this was back in 1931. But as to atomic energy, my experimental observations have shown that the process of disintegration is not accompanied by a liberation of such energy as might be expected from the present theories. But as to atomic energy, my experimental observation... Oh, child, sorry, I didn't read the same thing. I apologize. As for the cosmic ray, I called attention to this radiation while investigating Rotenchen's rays and radioactivity. In 1899, I erected a broadcast plant at the Colorado Springs, the first and only wireless plant in existence at that time, and there confirm my theory by actual observation. So y'all peep that. We went over his Colorado lab where he had the Tesla Tower. Okay, we went over that. 
in this series. So y'all peep game that wireless technology been out since 1899, right? Peep game, family. Okay? My findings are in disagreement with the theories more recently advanced. I have satisfied myself that the rays are not generating generated by the formation of new matter in space, a process which would be like running up a hill. According to my observation, they come from all suns, he used plural, of the universe and in such abundance <coughs> that the part contributed by our sun is very insignificant by survival by percentage. Some of these rays are such terrific power that they can tra traverse through thousands of miles of solid matter. Child, he said a mouthful there. So according to him, they come from all suns. Now he's using plural. So I'm going to assume he is using the uh, model of the earth being round and uh, the earth rotating around the sun and other particular planets having their own suns. So um, that's interesting. All right, some of these rays are such terrific power that they can traverse through thousands of miles of solid matter. I would just love to understand. He would have to explain to me, how do you know among these multiple suns, plural, first of all, which multiple suns are you talking about? I want to know the planets, Tesla. Tell me which planets you're talking about. And of those planets... Which suns have the most power? Because according to the current model that they give us on how the universe operates, I thought there was only one sun, plural, S-U-N. And that within our solar system, they all revolve around that one sun. So I would love, child, would have loved to talk to Tesla on that. Which one is more powerful, Tesla? I need to know the specific sun, which galaxy slash universe. I need to know, honey. Very, very interesting. Okay. All right. But nonetheless, although that particular model that they're telling us, I don't believe it as far as we're revolving around the sun. Nah, I don't believe that. Okay. But even with that said, let's say if I do believe that, I would want to know which suns, plural, are you speaking of? And you said that our sun is, puts out the least amount of energy. Woo, that's fascinating. Okay. So, um... Let's see, this is a Tesla's cosmic ray motor, may transmit power around the Earth. 
So this is from Brooklyn Edge Eagle, sorry, in 1932, John O'Neill. The attractive features of the cosmic rays is their, uh, I'm going to say constantness, or they say constancy. They shower down on us through the whole 24 hours. And if a plant is developed to use their power, it will not require devices for storing energy as would be necessary with devices using wind, tide, or sunlight. Now, let's just go back over this. Because, um, Aruta. This is in 1932. The attractive features of the cosmic ray is their constants. They shower down on us throughout the whole 24 hours. And if a plant is developed to use their power, it will not require devices for storing energy as would be necessary with devices using wind, tide, or sunlight. So do y'all get the difference? Do you get the difference between using sunlight or solar panels versus using cosmic rays? which is really using the atmospheric energy. Now, this is Blood talking about this in 1932. We'd already heard, um, oh boy, when did he say? He was in, uh, was it 1930-something? When, oh boy, yeah, 19, 1925. He put a patent, a German dude, Paulson, put a patent on um, atmospheric electric energy. But here we are in the 21st century. And they still ain't talked about harnessing the energy from cosmic rays. They're still tap dancing around, talking about wind, tide, which is the, the water, conducting energy with water, and sunlight, which is solar. But yet the cosmic rays or the atmospheric energy is constant, it's always there. They still ain't talked about that. All of my investigations seem to point to the conclusion that they are small particles, each carrying so small a charge that we are justified in calling them neutrons. They move with great velocity, exceeding that of light. He's talking about what we're calling those cosmic rays, which is that electromagnetic atmospheric energy it's, it's a constant it's always there in the atmosphere okay and hence they're not using it for free energy so when we tell you all 
that the actual realm has natural free energy, that's exactly what we mean. We're literally not making that up. And when I was referring to earlier, just another reminder, when, when I talk about creating the world you want to live in with your consciousness, that you are a creator, you do it with your thoughts. Uh, here is the science behind what I have been saying. More than 25 years ago, I began my efforts to harness the cosmic rays, and I can now state that I have succeeded in operating a motive device by means of them. Okay? Now, recently, when um, I went back over the time travel patent, when I was talking about uh, X-Files, Ben told y'all about AI, and I went back over that time travel patent, and they specifically said in that patent, they specifically said in that patent, the ability to create things out of thin air. Mm-hmm. 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 But we're just going to keep it moving. I will tell you in the most general way, he said, the cosmic ray ionizes the air, setting free many charges, ions, and electrons. These charges are captured in a condenser which is made to discharge through the circuit of the motor. I have hopes of building my motor on a large scale, but circumstances have not been favorable to carry out my uh, to carrying out my plans. So would this not mean that not only could we harness this energy to heat, for heating, for cooling, for lighting. Couldn't we all so harness this energy for cars? Could we not harness this energy for cars? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So even this idea of what they're pushing before us with electric cars being driven by lithium batteries, we don't even need to do it that way. Okay? So even that's flawed technology, in my opinion. It's flawed and it's certainly not sustainable. If you have to pull it out of the earth, extract the physical, natural resources out of the earth to run your product versus using the abundance, the 24-hour charge, the natural charge 
in the atmosphere. Um, one is sustainable and one isn't. But let's continue. Okay, so this particular one, he is saying he doesn't know where this uh, source came from. This new power for the driving of the world's machinery will be derived from the energy which operates the universe, the cosmic energy, whose central source for the earth is the sun, and which is everywhere present in unlimited quantities. So for the gurus running around talking about cosmic energy, for those of us that have been telling you, you create your own reality, you are a creator. Yeah, they were right. We were right. Now, some of them, most of them, no, let's just be honest, all of them, including myself, we're going more on the esoteric perspective. But now this is the science behind it. This is the hidden science behind it. So it was all true. And so we should even more now understand why religion is pushed versus natural spirituality that talk about natural universal laws. Because when you get on the side of natural universal laws and you start talking about energy and how everything is energy, guess what? Your consciousness and your energy connects with the earth's natural energy and leads you to the truth. These are the biggest secrets that they are hiding. Because once you realize this information, you no longer have to guess. You no longer have to be afraid. You just have to do. And you do by creating your own world. You do from your consciousness. You think it into existence, your energy from your consciousness goes into what people are calling the universe, which is the atmospheric electromagnetic field. And it interacts with the particles slash neurons, all of that jazz. And it will show up as matter. Okay? Okay. All right. So we're almost done with this, but we still want uh, y'all to get into the artificial sun. And I'm going to leave you with something that I want you to ponder on. Some of you probably have already figured it out. 
Okay, so let's see what um, John O'Neill is talking about in 1932 again. I will tell you in the most general way, he said, the cosmic ray ionizes the air, setting free many charges, ions, and electrons. These charges are captured in a condenser, which is made to discharge through the circuit of the motor. There's your formula for the electric car. There it is, right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Okay, so let's see what he said um, again. I can now state that I have succeeded in operating a motive device by means of cosmic rays. I will tell you in the most general way, the cosmic ray ionizes the air, setting free many charges, ions, and electrons. These charges are captured in a condenser, which is made to discharge through the circuit of the motor. Okay? So he's telling you he already figured out how to use not just the sunlight, because that's the thing with the sunlight. If we have cloudy days or when the sun goes down, then the device, the solar panels, or if you want to call them the condensers, can't harness it. But if you are using the energy derived from what they're calling the sun, <clears throat> the solar rays or the cosmic rays, that never stops. Okay? So that's an unlimited energy source, right? All right. Okay, so this said, prepare a statement of Tesla for interview with the press on his 81st birthday observance. There is one more discovery which I want to announce at this time consisting of a new method and apparatus for the attainment of vacuum, exceeding many times the highest heretofore realized. I think that as much as one billionth of a micron can be obtained. We may be accomplished by means of such vacuum is a matter of conjecture. But it is obvious that they will make possible the production of much more intense effects in electron tubes. My ideas regarding the electrons are at variance with those generally entertained. I hold that it is a relatively large body carrying a surface charge and not an elementary unit. When such an electron leaves an electroid of extreme high potential, and in very high vacuum. It carries an electrostatic charge many times greater than the normal. This may astonish some of those who think that the particle has the same charge in the tube and outside it in the air. A beautiful and instructive experiment has been contrived by me showing that such is not the case. For as soon as the particles get out into the atmosphere, it becomes a what? Blazing star. Owing to the escape of the excess charge. 
the great quantity of electricity stored on a particle is responsible for the difficulties encountered in the operation of certain tubes and the rapid deterioration of the same. Okay, so in this last statement, he's just saying that he was able to harness even more energy. Okay, that's all he was pretty much saying. Okay, so um, again, thank you to uh, Mr. Jim. This website is teslaresearch.jimdufree.com. This one is Radiant Energy. I will leave the link into the in, in, the, in the description. Okay, so to summarize, uh, they pretty much was up on game about atmospheric energy. Tesla back up in the 1800s, y'all, and other cats, the early 1900s, they already figured out that you can harness energy from the air. They're getting it from the sun's cosmic rays. They knew that we lived in an electric charged, an electromagnetic, let me get it correct, an electromagnetic charged universe. So those that think that the mud flood community missed the mark or they are some conspiracy theorists when they said that we have technology that has been hidden away from us that was used thousands of years ago at a minimum hundreds of years ago where they were pulling natural free energy from the atmosphere they were correct. So how can we go from a society of harnessing energy from the atmosphere to a society that has to create energy and use the, the create the energy by using Earth's resources, such as coal, coal gas, etc., etc. Hmm. Who made the decision to switch from a technology that was endless and sustainable to a technology that wasn't? Who made the decision to switch from a technology? that didn't require any more excavation of the planet's natural resources from what had already been naturally extracted as trees were cut down to build buildings, etc., etc., to a environment or societies that are totally dependent on the extraction of resources i.e. coal and gas. Who made that decision? Hmm. Sounds like the theories of resets has to be true. Okay? So when we talk about, on this platform, old world, old world tech hidden in plain sight, Here's your evidence. 
Here's your proof. This pretty much backs up the mud flood communities. Theory on what those ancient buildings were really used for and the fact that those buildings were much older than what they are telling us. Okay? Now, even with us just going over this today about atmospheric energy, these are still not concepts and science that the mainstream media is discussing. They're still not discussing it. Now, I'm just predicting and I'm suspecting that over the next 10 to 20 years, they will be talking about it. But just note, it will not be anything new. So the final thing I want to get on, because I know the title of this is about old world tech hidden in plain sight. Baby, let's get on this artificial sun. Okay. So there is literally, okay, we went over that. That's the Tesla um, atmosphere, uh, his patent on uh, collecting energy from the atmosphere. That's his patent. Baby, let's get on this artificial sun. Now, some of you already know this. We're going to start with China. We're going to start with China. Is this China's? Yeah. We fixing to start with China. This is from India today. Um, this was put out over in the summer of this year, June. China's artificial sun burns at uh, 120 MN degrees Celsius. Scientists replicate sun's fusion reaction on Earth. The reactor broke the record by reaching a plasma temperature of 120 million degrees Celsius for 101 seconds. Okay. So remember Tesla had got up in his little research. Let me see, because I don't want to lie on Tesla, honey. Let me go down uh, in this last little part. Didn't he get in up in his experiment? Well, he said he'd think as much as one billionth child. So that was beyond the little million they talking about. Child. But um, how much millions they talking about? They're talking 120 million. I think Tesla got up to 18 million. I remember that. Tesla had got up to 18 million, if I'm not mistaken. So let's go back up. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, actually, up to 50 million. Now, remember, this was in the 1930s. And so now they're going to sit up here and tell us that they got up to 120 millions? Child, if they don't go head on somewhere. But let's continue. Um, Child, don't make... Okay. The core of the sun burns at 15 million degrees Celsius by nuclear fusion of hydrogen nuclei into helium. But now scientists have designed an artificial sun on Earth that has sustained a temperature of 120 million degrees Celsius. Now remember, Tesla's thing had got up to 50 million. 
back in 1925. The experimental advanced superconducting tokamak East fusion reactor designed by China burns at eight times the sun's core temperature. The reactor broke the record by reaching a plasma temperature of 120 million degrees Celsius for 101 seconds and 160 million, million Celsius for 20 seconds. Located at the Hefei Institutes of Physical Science of the Chinese Academy of Sciences, the reactor has been designed to replicate the nuclear fusion process that occurs naturally. Naturally. And I'm using naturally, sarcastically. In the sun and stars to provide almost infinite clean energy, Global Times reported. Okay? So even within here, they're noting that that's the clean energy. So why ain't we been, been using the cosmic rays from the sun? Uh-huh. 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 In a fusion reaction, two light nuclei merge to form a single heavier nucleus. The process releases energy because the total mass of resulting single nucleus is less than the mass of two ori original nuclei. The leftover mass becomes energy. How does the reactor reach such high temperatures? In a bid to push for clean energy and reach such high temperatures, hydrogen isotopes are placed in a fusion device to create a plasma state where ions and electrons are separated. During the process, ions are heated and maintained at a high temperature. China's East Reactor had previously reached 100 million degrees Celsius in 2018. According to the Globe Times, East is part of the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor Facility, which is a global science project jointly constructed by China, the EU, India, Japan, South Korea, Russia, and the U.S., while the reactor has already made a massive record, scientists believe it will at least take another decade for a fully functional reactor to take shape from the experimental design. Understanding China East Reactor. The experimental reactor's main goal is to create nuclear fusion like the sun using Detrium from the sea to provide a steady steam of clean energy. Mm, that's interesting. What the heck is detrium? I'll have to look that up later. Around 300 scientists and engineer mo engineers mobilized to support the operation of the donut shape experiment facility, which includes a vacuum system, RF wave system, laser scattering system, 
and microwave system. Uh, I think that's Xing Hu or Xing Ha reported. Scientists had begun upgrading the experimental reactor for about a year to reach higher temperatures. The raw material required to generate energy in the reactor is Dutra. Child, now they're going to make me, uh, now they're going to make me look this up, child. Now I got to look it up now. I, be, I, I just can't. See, that's how I be learning stuff. <sighs> Remember when um your mom, when you was learning, be like, you don't sit up on your behind and skip over no word <laughs> when you didn't know something and you was just going to try to read on through it. No, uh-uh. Go look it up. Go look it up. Back in the day, we didn't have internet, Google, and all of that, honey. You had to go get the dictionary, baby, to look it up. And don't let it be a subject. Child, you had to go get the encyclopedias. Yep, mama didn't play that. Go, uh-uh, go get that encyclopedia, look it up. And don't have messed around and not have done what you were supposed to do up in school. Now you got a straight up full book report. <laughs> book report. <laughs> but anyhow, let's see what this says. Um, ah, I knew they was going to ask for money. All right, Wikipedia, I'm going to give y'all some change. I have forgot. Um, so how do you pronounce this? Detrium or hydrogen 2. Oh, also known as heavy hydrogen, is one of the two stable isotopes of hydrogen. The other being proteum or hydrogen one. See, I'm glad I looked this up. The nucleus of deuterium atom called a deuterion contains one proton and one neutron. Okay. Whereas the far more common proteum has no neutrons in the nucleus. Child, deuterium has a natural abundance in Earth's oceans of about one atom in 6,420 of hydrogen. Thus, deuterium accounts for approximately 0.015%, I'm sorry, 0.0156% of all naturally occurring hydrogen in the oceans. Okay, see, I'm glad I looked this up. I, they didn't learn it me something new. <laughs> well, proteum accounts for more than 99.98. The abundance of deuterium changes slightly from one kind of natural water to another. Okay, so the name is de derived, so deuterium is derived from the Greek Deutrios, meaning second, to denote the two particles composing the nucleus. Okay, so just to recap, deutrium is one of the two stable isotopes of hydrogen, the other being protrium, 
or hydrogen one. The nucleus of the nucleus of deuterium atom called a deuterion contains one proton and one neutron. Okay. And so they're saying deuterium is abundance in the ocean. All right, Wikipedia, I appreciate you, boo. I promise you, I'm fencing it. I'm going to hit you up. Right after I finish this, I'm going to hit you up. I appreciate you because you do be there for it, sister. I ain't finna lie, Wikipedia. So I'm going to hit you up, boo-boo. You deserve a little donation. So now let's go back. So it said the raw material required to generate energy in the reactor is deuterium, which is found in abundance on Earth-like, I'm sorry, on Earth, unlike other non-renewable sources like coal and oil. Uh-huh. Thank y'all. Um, thank you, Wikipedia, for hipping the sister on what deuterium really is. Because y'all didn't learn to be something new. But just like I had a Russ said all throughout this particular podcast, they going to sit up here and try to convince me that they didn't hide this technology. Yeah, you hid this technology. We should have been been head clean energy. All right. According to research through fusion reaction, deuterion is one liter of seawater can produce the amount of energy equivalent to 300 liters of gasoline. <clears throat> the East is not alone in replicating the sun's reaction. While the Chinese reactor has broken the records, it's not the only one to have reached such high temperatures. Superconducting uh, tokamak advanced research fusion device from Korea have reached a plasma temperature of 100 million degrees of Celsius for 20 seconds in December of 2020. Previous East, previously, East had generated an electron temperature of 100 million degrees Celsius in its core plasma in November 2018, which is seven times the temperature that is experienced at the core of the sun. The reactor had sustained the 100, mil the 100 million degrees Celsius temperature for 20 seconds in 2020 as well. The experimental reactor first began operations in 2006 and has since been one of the key sources of research around fusion. With the world switching towards green energy, the fusion reactor, once operational, could pave the way for a clean source of an unlimited supply of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to show y'all... Uh, and they did, India Today, I think they did a great job uh, on this article. This is called China's Artificial Sun Burns at 120 MN Degrees Celsius. Scientists replicate sun's fusion reaction on Earth. Now, real quick, I want to show this TikTok vid. Chow, how'd you blow this thing up? See, this is why I can't be a TikToker, y'all. 
let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, this is it. Three, two, redo it what i'm trying to show you i was trying to blow this up it's not letting me be great <laughs> i'm trying to show you how they um there it is no it won't do it it will not blow it up okay it's not me so what i'm trying to show you and i'll uh replay it again is how uh this is the moment that china launched is um nuclear reactor now according to this particular video they gonna sit up and say well this particular whoever checked your facts they gonna say that they wasn't launching their artificial sun they was launching a rocket okay okay but anyhow i just want y'all to see it because other people are saying that it was okay but i just want y'all to see it. <laughs> Okay, so you see where it turned today. I mean, that looks like a sun to me, but they're claiming that that's not what China was doing. They was launching uh, uh, a rocket. Okay, that's what the fact checker in them said. I wanted to show y'all that now i also want to go to um nasa's patent to create an artificial sun hmm now some of us including myself and you could go on youtube and um pull some of the videos although a lot of them i noticed they have taken down but nonetheless they were there on noticing two suns in the sky okay and usually when i've seen pictures of the two suns in the sky you'll see them um, like this but except they're on opposite ends they're much further away you'll see one that looks like the normal regular sun how it used to look yellow and then you'll see the white one that's kind of how what you see today okay but nonetheless this is saying that the the, the declassified nasa patent to create an artificial sun and this is from infinityexplorers.com. This NASA patent describes an artificial sun since the 1960s, suddenly fueling the belief that the two suns we see in different videos 
could be more than fiction. Now I'm finna sip my water. I'm finna sip my water. So y'all get where I'm going with that. For those people that were capturing on camera two suns in the sky, and for those people that seen with their own eyeballs, including myself, two suns in the sky, um, just like they're showing here, except they weren't this close. Those of us that are eyewitness accounts, you either see them far apart or you see them not too close together, but catty cornered from each other. So think of uh, you all that are Star Wars fans, when they show the two suns in the sky, how they are diagonal to each other. People have captured that on video. They captured them diagonal to each other, or they've captured them side by side, but they were opposite ends of the sky. But one was this yellow sun, which we are we were used to seeing. I mean, that's what I was used to seeing growing up. And the other is this white-looking one, which now we pretty much see all the time. So you mean to tell me that NASA had a patent describing the artificial sun since the 1960s? Oh, really? We have to admit that whenever I found a two suns video, I usually ignored it because of the high probability that it was a lens flash or another cheap trick. But now it makes us think, could it be as real as people say? Patents, patents, plural, from NASA in 1961 and 1966, where a system of artificial lighting would be approved, made us reconsider the theory of two suns. This patent, which certainly has more than five decades, is about creating an artificial sun capable of illuminating most if not the entire globe, in the same way that our real sun does now. The concept was considered a novel lighting system designed to create a single virtual source of light. But why would we need an artificial reflector powered by our own sun? What a, a, a pit, what use does that have? I'm trying to pronounce that, y'all, and I'm getting tongue-tied, so I'm just going to say, what use does that have? Applicability. That's what I was trying to say before. <laughs> it would consider that such an invention and such an innovative invention would be of practical utility for its users or beneficiaries, but this aspect has been skillfully avoided by the NASA patent that only focuses on its functionality. Let's look at some of these issues addressed in the document. In a solar simulated system, it is desirable to provide means to vary the intensity of the illumination in a relatively wide range of changes in the spectral distribution of the illumination. 
so that the simulator can be used to simulate sunlight and moonlight. Now, those are my family that rock with me. You should know where I'm going with this. You should understand the underlying thing that I am getting at. Because if you've been following us for the last year, and if you follow the work of Vibes of Cosmos, check out his YouTube channel. He's out of Russia. He told you what the sun and the moon really is. He told you that it is what? A reflection. A reflection of refracted light created from an electromagnetic coil. And that electromagnetic coils, energy, how it interacts with the atmosphere, and it creates that reflection that creates the sun, a positive electromagnetic energy and a um, reflection of the moon, which creates the negative. Okay? So I just find this very, 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 very interesting that it says in a solar simulator system, it is desirable to provide means to the vary the intensity of the illumination in a relatively wide range without changes in the spectral distribution of the illumination so that the simulator can be used to simulate, to simulate what? To simulate what? Sunlight and moonlight? Child, clutching my pearls, clutching my pearls, clutching my pearls. Don't seem that Vibes of Cosmo was, is too crazy after all. You mean to tell me NASA, never a straight answer, had or has a patent, patterns, plural, from the 60s for artificial sun? And that illumination can be used to simulate sunlight and moonlight? Child, clutch pearls, clutch pearls, clutch pearls. In other words, the artificial reflector would have to be adjusted in a way that simulates not only the sunlight, but also the natural light of the earth and the moon. It has been almost six decades since the patent was created, and it seems that this idea has already become a reality. There is abundance evidence that now shows artificial suns of a non-natural hexagonal shape 
during sunrise or sun. I guess they're saying sun sunset. I'm, I'm assuming y'all meant sunset infinity explorers. Sweet pea, I'm going to assume that. Uh-huh. So in other words, in, in infinity explorer is kind of like me. Because what you see rising, that don't look like the sun that I grew up with. That white thing in the sky that's all misshapen. But I also want y'all to peep game that the thing that we did grow up with. You know that yellow thing they call the sun and how it when it rose, it had that hexagon shape. Hmm. Seems like that's the same exact technology. That's the original technology that NASA recreated with the artificial sun. And shout out to Vibes of Cosmo for breaking that particular code of saying how the sun and the moon are really created and how the sun isn't millions of miles away and how we aren't revolving around the sun, that we live in an enclosed system and that the sun and the moon is generated from an electromagnetic coil and hence that electromagnetic coil when it spins or maybe just its natural resting state has that hexagon shape. So what I am basically saying is that their artificial sun technology is pretty much the same as the natural, what we grew up with sun. Okay? Because according to them, their artificial sun, their technology has outmatched from an energy output perspective of that of the regular sun. So what that also means when we get on the esoteric side, when they talked about that there was going to be darkness or that the sun was going to die. Was that really what they was talking about? That the original technology that created the sun, which is an electromagnetic coil, was going to burn out or get old or whatever the case may be? Hmm. Just something to think about. All right. But I like how Infinity Explorer is thinking. There is an abundance ev evidence that now shows artificial suns of a non-natural hexagonal shape during sunrise or sunset. And shout out to nephew Antoine. Last Thursday, he knocked it out the park. When he, we were talking about how the particular 
what they're calling planets really are formed, what they're what they really are. They are just reflect re, reflections of the ethers, the different layers of ethers. And then when you get to Saturn, the rings around Saturn reflect the different ethereal energy fields on the planet. And the bottom of Saturn, that hexagon, shout out to nephew Antoine. He cracked that code. He said that hexagon shape is the electromagnetic coil. Boom. And now here you got them here. Once again, just reminding us, just reminding us. There is an abundance evidence that now shows artificial suns of non-natural hexagonal shapes during sunrise or sunset. The real sun is also visible in the background and generally has much smaller proportions than the artificial one. Yes, and I've seen that also. When you see the sun rise, you'll see the real one, and I'm putting real one in quotation marks, first, and then you'll see the misshapen white one. Yeah, that artificial sun, that they're trying to find the spectrum of electromagnetic energy they need to put across, what they need to tune it to. Because when it first came on deck, it was burning everything up and they still really ain't got it tuned right. Because those of us that are gardeners, we know they ain't got it right. Because y'all burning our plants up. Our maters and all that getting burnt. Even the sides of the tree barks are getting burnt up. Y'all didn't improved a little bit. But it's still a little off the way you're Fusion coil is turning. The precision is still off on how the natural, and I'm going to use natural in quotations since we now know that what we're calling the natural sun is also, it's just an electromagnetic coil. I'm saying the original terraforming. But your artificial sun, your tuning is still off. That's why those that know the position of where the sun rises and where it sets, we notice that it's off. And these last couple years, y'all been trying to tune that bad boy. Yeah, because that technology y'all gave us, honey, now we can track this stuff. And I wasn't even trying to track it regularly but you know i just happen to have video cameras around my house and i can go back and i notice where the sun was setting pretty noticeably different 
in the same time period from a year perspective. Same with the sun rising. Although I just, I don't have that one tracked as much because I don't have that good of a view. Okay. But other people have noticed that as well. Okay. This is also why I believe the seasons are all jacked up and out of whack because they knew that the original sun, and I put in original in quotes because the sun is also just an electromagnetic coil. They knew that it was going to burn out. And that's the uh, the phenomenon known as the grand solar minimum. Okay? Their electromagnetic coil slash sun was naturally doing that on an 11-year cycle. Peep the game with the number 11 from an esoteric perspective. But then every so 2,500 years and some change, there's a big, they call it mini ice age, and I think on a 400-year cycle, there's also another um, grand solar minimum, which means the sun's output, so the sun's output of its light and its cosmic rays aren't as strong and as prominent. Okay. So if you want to check out a person, I think that does an excellent job talking about the grand solar minimum uh, is a gentleman named adapt 2030. You can check out his YouTube channel. Uh, He pulled the data and he's been right on the money for the past three years Okay, but I think that they have already stood up an artificial sun because they just want to keep their version of the terraforming, which was the original sun, going. Okay, so this is also goes into the mythology of when you had the Mayans and other civilizations talking about how civilization was going to end, that we were going to be coming into a new age, and they say the age of Aquarius, and what we are experiencing and witnessing now is bigger than both. Yep. I said it, it's bigger than both. Because what we are experiencing, is which, which I have been saying for the entire year and a half, we are experiencing, and actually on an esoteric level, I have been saying this for years, a breakdown of the current realm from an esoteric perspective From a scientific perspective, what we are experiencing is the breakdown of their original terraforming 
or the electromagnetic coil slash sun. That ends the total age. That ends the entire colonization slash prison planet. Which is why if you go back a couple years ago, I think it was maybe two years ago, they were talking about how the rings of Saturn are disappearing. Hmm. Now that you understand what the rings of Saturn are, which is basically the refract the reflection of the ethers of the different layers on the planet. If the sun is dying, the original sun, that means that the amount of energy or the electromagnetism that that electromagnetic coil is putting in the atmosphere is diminishing which means the reflection which makes up the Saturn rings would also start to disappear. Okay? So the quote, quote, controllers of the realm, the master wizards, and witches of the realm that hold those M.E. bags and specifically whomever is holding the master M.E. bag knew exactly when the electromagnetic coil slash the sun is going to give out. Okay, so which means they knew exactly when their cosmic clock, i.e. the astrological clock, the astronomy clock with the zodiacs and the ages, they knew when that was going to stop as well. So their version of this particular cycle of the new age, the Aquarius age, was to stand up another artificial sun slash astronomy clock to keep the illusion going, the illusion of time spinning the world around this imaginary clock that the controllers continue to control and hence the populace consciousness provides consent to which keeps it turning, okay? 
Because what the ancient ones were telling you that the terraforming of the planet, the colonization of the planet, the prison that the planet has been locked down to, meaning Mother Earth herself and the people with their consciousness, was going to be freed. Okay? All right. So I know that was probably a lot I threw in there. Sorry I had to do it. But let's keep going because they did a good job on Infinity Explorers. We could swear it was a lens flare unless you've seen this pattern available from NASA. It has a hexagonal shape and a larger than normal dimensions. The reason why they are doing these experiments is purely speculative for now. It ain't speculative to me. But in addition to the common idea that the government is poisoning us through all layers of the environment, which, by the way, is a bit confusing because we are all residents of it planet, of the planet, and without discrimination exposed to the same environmental threats, some have suggested that the government is transforming the earth. Child, y'all starting something, Infinity Explorers. But I like the way y'all think. I ain't fencing to sit up here and lie. I'm feeling you on the way you're thinking. Some have suggested that the government is transforming the earth to make way for a new hybrid species. Huh. Really now? Where have we heard this before? Um, in those mythologies, ain't we done heard about multiple creations on this planet? Mm-hmm. It was just uh, about a couple of months ago, a 60 Minutes man expert was brought on saying a new species is going to emerge. Child, let's keep going. With the rise of artificial intelligence, neural bands, crisp, crisper gene editing technology available on a large scale and many dreams of becoming cyborgs, the idea mentioned above is beginning to take shape. Humans have made possible what was considered impossible decades ago. And while the globalist agenda advances, it seems that they are giving way to a new species of humans. A hybrid species improved with technological improvements and with a mind that no longer belongs to them. <laughs> But this is pure speculation. Until it becomes real and the masses will no longer have the power to overthrow the evil that has been done. No doubt we can draw many conclusions, but none of them could answer us the true objective of the artificial son of NASA. Or yes, they said leave your comment below. So, shout out to InfiniteExplorers.com. I will put this link in the description. 
Uh, here is the artificial pattern. I'm sorry, the artificial sun pattern. Child, we can't make this up. Um, child, I'm on the Microsoft Rewards. Whew, child. This was filed. First of all, this is patent number. And I think it's uh, U.S. So it's U.S. in front of this patent. U.S. 3118065. U.S. 3118065. So this is dated in 64. But look at when they filed it, y'all. They filed this bad boy back up in 1959. Okay? Now remember, that's why I took you all to Tesla's Radiant Energy. I know this has been a long journey for y'all, but I did that for a purpose. To show you a pattern that none of this is new. Okay? Right? So they're showing you figure one of the little lenses, all that jazz. And that even looked like the heating uh, tube thingamajig that Tesla had up in his invention. Okay? So they're showing you the drawing on it. Okay? That's figure two. Um, What is this figure three? Then they got figure three in there. Childish stuff. So y'all can read through this patent. Um, and what do we say? We're just going to read a, a snippet of it. Uh, let's just read a, a snippet of what it says. Artificial sun radiator with limited ultraviolet. All right. Uh, this is saying there is known a radiation apparatus comprising a first radiation source having a spectrum containing little or no ultraviolet radiation, a first reflector being arranged behind this radiation source. This known apparatus comprises furthermore a second radiation source having a spectrum which is comparatively rich in ultraviolet radiation. While this known apparatus has a second reflect reflector arranged behind this second source of radiation. Such apparatus, which are employed as artificial suns, are equipped with an infrared radiation source to produce by the heat irradiated by infrared radiation source, a certain feeling of pleasantness with the user. This known apparatus, however, has a disadvantage which is practically inherited or inherent in the artificial suns that the radiated ultraviolet light is, as a rule, not restricted to the surface or the object to be radiated. All right, so I didn't want to go through all that. So you can read through it. I don't feel like reading through all of this, child, because we already know what it is. Um, you can certainly pull this pattern yourself. But y'all peep the game. I'm trying to put before you all that they filed this in 1959, fam. This was in 1959. 
And then that ain't even new. Because Tesla gave the original concept back in the late 1800s. Okay? So the final thing I'm going to rock out with, because I know I threw a lot in there, family. I know I did. Please forgive me up in advance. But I had to get it out. And you're going to keep hearing me speak on these things because I want you to be ahead of the game. <coughs> As they going to be rolling out, y'all, these concepts about pulling energy out of the air to power things, okay? And if they find, if they ever admit, and child, I'm not even trying to say they, they going to admit it. If they ever admit, if they ever admit, if they ever admit they're being an artificial sun. I want you all to understand the origins of it all. That they ain't giving you nothing new. That ain't already been done. Not only are we talking about pulling energy out of the atmosphere from the cosmic rays of the sun, which is really just the electromagnetic energy, even onto the artificial sun itself, it isn't new. Because what they're calling the real sun, and I have been been said that, I've been been said it. Once Fiber Cosmo dropped his stuff, it took me some time, y'all, to be like, whoa, I was totally blown away. And then it hit me. Wait a minute. All of this is artificial, including this sun. Someone put that electromagnetic coil there. To create the reflect the refraction reflection or the refracted light of the sun and the moon, because originally there were ancient giant trees that created the atmosphere energy of the realm of the universe. And the energy of those giant ancient trees were coming from the tree root system, which were made up of quartz crystals, silicon crystals, etc. And so some bodies or some things came into this realm and harvested those ancient silica trees and they put in its place an electromagnetic coil to run the realm. And that electromagnetic coil is deriving its generation from the ancient tree roots. So that electromagnetic coil, which creates the sun and the moon, 
which creates the concept of time, their elect their their astrological clock, they knew it had an expiration date on it. So this artificial sun is just trying to mirror what was already here, the quote, quote, original sun. But hence the catch is it's different. That's why it looks different. That's why it's white. It's emitting a different type of energy. And I love the way that particular um, article was going when they were talking about that means creating a different species. Because when I first started introducing the concept on the live show about the sun, that this planet originally did not have a sun, did not have a moon, that the natural light was coming from the atmosphere, from the ancient trees and the tree roots. And it was said, well, that would mean our skin color was different. How, how could that be? For instance, how could you have melanin? And I said, who's to say we had this type of skin color that we have today? Obviously, more than likely, we did not. We looked different. Hence, why in the movie Avatar, and shout out to Dr. Dilbert Blair, he was accurate when he said that movie is about the true history of Earth why those beings, their skin tone was different. They were different beings. They were huge, tall, like, you know, them giants they talk about. So hence meaning there was a different species on the planet before that sun was put into place. And if you want to know when that that supposedly and allegedly happened when there was a sun put in place. Now, those of you that's up into the Bible, the Bible tells you when it was put in place and when they terraform and when they said, let there be light. And we separated the waters from the heavens. And they tell you about the cutting down of the ancient trees. That's just one source. The other source is the Sumerian text. When they tell you about a quote, quote, galactic war that happened where Earth was injured and she was half her size and the Anunnaki beings had to repair Earth and had to put her in quarantine, hence a dome. So it's already been explained when it happened. Except that explanation, if you look to religious texts, will give you a religious answer. Okay? So if you look at the calculations of when all of that jumped off, you have to go back to the Sumerian text and they are telling you approximately 450 something thousand years ago. 
okay? And they also told you in those texts that there were already beings on the planet. Hmm. Sounds and looks like Avatar to me. Okay? So where I want to end this video, I want to rock out with showing you all a shout out to my dude, Vibes of Cosmos. I want to rock out with showing you all uh, one of his videos that's going to explain the seven ceilings of this particular realm. So it's going to show you how the realm is made up. All the things that we've just discussed here, he's going to sum them up for you. So I know this was a lot. I know it was a lot, family. And I know I have to keep bringing this up. But I keep bringing it up because it is, it's a lot. It's complicated. But every time, no pun intended, time, I keep getting more and more information backing up what I originally said and backing up what others have originally said, I mean, these people that's bringing, I mean, it's really, really groundbreaking information. They are correct. Nobody else talked about how the sun and how the moon are really created by vibes of Cosmo. Nobody, hands down, I don't care what they said. He was the first one and he's absolutely correct. Okay. Shout out to the mud flood community. They cracked the code on this technology being hidden and how the original energy was harvested from the air or the atmosphere. They were the first ones that talked about it. They were correct. Now we got the receipts to back it up. Okay. So I wish everyone well, family, on this Tuesday. Uh, if you are not subscribed to us, I highly encourage you to subscribe to us. Like and share. Hit the notification button to get the notices when we are going live or we're doing an upload. Uh, this is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Um, I'm going to rock out with Vibes of Cosmos video. Shout out to Sturgis. He's out of Russia. His YouTube channel is Vibes of Cosmos. This video is called The Seven Ceilings. Um, he also sells merchandise. Now, I'm not, I don't want to think, you all to think by any means that I'm getting a cut from this or any of this. He's asking me to promote this. That's further from the truth. I have spent my own money on his material because I pretty much know at this point what he's putting out there is the truth. And I want it for my records and as a collector's item. So maybe in the next hundred years, if this stuff is finally revealed, my descendants could be like, um, no, nah, my aunt been, been, been on this. My great, great aunt been on it, been, been on this. I don't know what y'all talking about. You can go somewhere. Okay. 
So shout out to Vibes of Cosmos. Uh, thank you all, family, very much for rocking out with us. This is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love. I am about to bring up Vibes of Cosmos, Seven Ceilings.
Okay, so didn't want to think I left you all hanging because I wanted to give you details of the sun, <coughs> of how the sun is actually created, the sun and the moon. The last video by Vibes of Cosmos told you of how the universe is pretty much derived, but all of it is coming from what is called an electromagnetic coil, but you will, you will hear them speak of it as a black sun. So this is some bonus material. I know this video is long, but it's going to be very, very valuable. You should be able to go back to this video as they're rolling out this different technology regarding free energy, uh, energy coming from the atmosphere, if they ever do is decide to admit in our lifetime an artificial sun, go really, really public with it. This video should help you with knowing what they really were doing. It should help you be above the game, okay? All right, so this is bonus material, but this is courteous to Vibes of Cosmo. Um, you know, mad respect to Vibes of Cosmo. This is called Black Sun and Cosmic Energy Refractions, okay? So shout out to Vibes of Cosmo. So let's hit.
Point.